All right, welcome to Deadpool It Yourself, your only uh, podcast for both Cable and Deadpool read-throughs and DIY projects, because who the fuck asked for it? Uh, I am your host, The Senseless Apprentice. Uh, That's right. I listened to a lot of grunge music and read a lot of Deadpool comics in the 90s. Guess who spent a lot of weekends at home with his parents? Yeah. And with me is my co-host, our uh, our future soldier of fortune, Mr. Verano. How's it going, guys? So before we pause for applause, pause for applause. Sorry about that. Uh, so before we begin, uh, I wanted to talk about, since this is a, a comic book podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about the comic book news that is uh, happening this week. The first thing we have is... Uh, the, I guess, announcement that Supergirl will enter its final season with season six. Um, I'm okay with it. I really don't watch it, nor do I care for it. Probably one of the worst shows I've seen of superheroes. See, the thing is, I've loved it. I've honestly loved it since the beginning. Um, It's had six seasons, though, so it's had a good run. I'm not really, I kind of, I don't feel bad. I like how it happened. Um, but I think the best reaction was, uh, John Cryer's, uh, I love that tweet. Uh, Melissa Benoist sent out something that talked about being an inspiration to young girls everywhere. And John Cryer said, uh, that he liked to think that he had the same effect on angry bald men. Which and, uh, we have a lot in this world, so he could be very rad about that. <laughs> well, personally. <laughs> As an angry bald man who's pretty bitter about the fact that the hair on the top of my head won't grow in the way I want it to anymore, uh, there is some jealousy out uh, in this in this gnarled frame, and uh, so he, he 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 that made me feel good. It's something- <laughs> <laughs> um, the other piece of uh, big news because it's 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 not a very uh, exciting time. Uh, for comic books and stuff. They've been focused on movies for so long that they're kind of trying to figure out how to go reel back their focus to things that don't involve, uh, you know, the MCU and DC trying to make an MCU. Yeah, DC can stop on that. (laughs) I'm sorry, they do good programming when it comes to TV. They've had a really good track record of it. I think their character is a lot more relatable when you give them a longer story base. It's not the same when it comes to the movies. Yo, man, I loved Green Batman. I mean, Arrow. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Green <laughs> Arrow, Black Lightning, Flash, they're good. They're longer stories. You get more involved and more in into the character because there's a lot more. But as a movie, if you were to do about them, the movie's going to suck again. Unfortunately, like my Green Lantern movie wasn't the prettiest. Yeah, but I, I'm still uh, I, I'm still a little bitter about um, <laughs> about how they basically literally made Green Arrow have all the accomplishments of Batman in the comics. Like, they literally had a season where Ra's al Ghul, uh, the only person he'll accept as a replacement for himself is Oliver Queen. It's like, oh, but I read the comics. That's Bruce Wayne. That's the detective. It's it's one of the reasons that Bane fucking hates Batman. 
you know, give him some credit. All right. Like, unfortunately, that's always been the running joke that Green Arrow is just a second Batman. No, no. He would. Here's the thing. I should say I'm not trying to take away from uh, uh, Robbie Amell or the show at all. Like, I liked both things. I like watching both things. Those are just criticisms I have because, you know, it was, uh, you know, comic book fuckery. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but I'm just saying, like, even within the comics or around it, like, that's always the story is that Green Arrow is just like uh, an afterwards knockoff of Batman. They just decided to give him the bow. In the comics, that provides a chip on his shoulder that makes him fucking awesome. No, it does. I mean, his temperament is hilarious more in the comics because he really does have a temperate tantrum issue while Batman tries to really hold it in. Green Arrow yeah. kind of lets it loose and he's like, well, fuck you guys. You guys are dead. It's like, okay. But that's the contrast to Batman is what makes him a, a good character. Like, make, just taking a good character and being like, all right, we're going to take you and make you Batman but without the cowl. Like, because, I mean, the other thing is, you know, there's a little bit like when it comes to what we're talking about with uh, with Supergirl. I mean, come on. They're coming out with a Superman with a, with a Clark and Lois TV show. And you think they didn't really go, oh, we're going to have two people with that S on. We're going to take them off. But we're more excited about this Clark and Lois, Lois thing. Again? So, didn't they learn their lesson from the first Lois and Clark? Hey, man, I love that show. I, I haven't watched it in years. I was like seven. <laughs> I don't think we want to rewatch it. It would just remind me how bad the acting might have been back in the nineties. <laughs> nah, Dean Kane was good, and Dean so was Terry- was t- uh, I'd say it's a cast around her, around them. At times, might have not been the greatest, but then again, I didn't fully pay attention to that show. <laughs> I could be off. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, the other piece of news that we had was. Uh, the announcement about DC Universe becoming DC Universe Infinite, and uh, the f- I mean, shit, it's so hard to talk about because as a loyal customer, it's a slap in the face. But in terms of like comparative product to whatever Marvel's got out there, uh, it's about the same. They'll sell you, they'll try to sell you five dollars and say their community is more special, but that's a bunch of bullshit. Like. You know, I don't go to DC Universe. I, when I took when I got DC Universe, I got it because they were going to produce shows and put them on there. The comics were a nice bonus. And now they're going, oh, we're going to take the shows off and put those on HBO Max. And uh, we're just going to make it comics. But we're not going to reduce the price for you. We're going to keep it at the same price, but give you the same thing we've been giving you for the past year, except for we're going to take half of that shit off. That, that's messed up. <laughs> take away like, Titans, take away Swamp Thing, take away any other damn good programming that they had. The, the reason you signed up in the first place, it was like, oh, like when they first were doing DC Universe, it wasn't, hey, sign up for our comic streaming service. It was, hey, sign up for this streaming service. We're making a Swamp Thing show. We're making a Titan show. We're making a new season of Young Justice. Outsiders. It was pretty damn good. It was part of the reason I signed up. And you know what's even better? Like when you compare the two big products, that product versus Disney Plus, 
at least when that product advertised something, they fucking produced it and put it up. I've had Disney Plus for over a year, and they still haven't put up any of those damn Marvel shows that were the entire third act of uh, Endgame. I mean, fuck, the end of Endgame was an advertisement for these shows, and they still haven't even fucking produced them. Yeah, Sorry. I, no, I have it. I I now have Disney Plus myself, and I mean, I have a list of just basically old shit because I was like, I don't see anything new. Mine is a Mandalorian, which I still need to watch. But <laughs> I will say one thing: I will not watch Iron Man from back in the nineties because, oh my god, CGI to two D, <laughs> back and forth, just, just just pissing me off. That's the thing, Mandalorian. Love it. Still pissed that they we're still waiting on all that crap to get up on. You know what? The other thing they could do, they've already bought uh, Fox. Put the rest of the X-Men movies on there, even the shitty ones. I just like watching X-Men stuff because I never gave a shit about what critics or what other people said. I just like watching stupid stories where Wolverine popped his claws and cut shit. Yeah, I like one and two. Those are probably the ones where he did more of that. One's on there. Days of Future Past is on there. Yeah. Pop- on there. I already watched through all of them. I even watched the old crappy Fantastic Four movie because, again, I, don't get, I just like superhero shit. I don't give a shit if it was good or not. The one with Jessica Alba in it? Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was still better than the newest one they did. Yeah. If DC Universe put Green Lantern, the movie, on their product, I would have been one of the ticks that watched it. <laughs> and I bought that movie. As it was... Still my favorite character of DC of all time. I've never gone to comic book movies and expected a good movie. And you know my opinion. I don't even think the comic book movies are that good. I don't think Endgame was a good... I thought Endgame had 45 minutes a good movie right there in the middle where it was awesome. Uh, but I didn't think the whole thing was a good movie. Uh, I thought the when it came to the MCU, the best movies were uh, Guardians, Ragnarok, Guardians 2, anything where they did something different, anything outside the whole... Uh, the, I mean, even Civil War was pretty good, but then they ruined it in my mind by doing that whole bullshit uh, Civil War two in the comics just to advertise where it was not as organic as the first one. First one was a commentary. The second one was a selling tactic. Oh, I also like Black Panther. Oh yeah, Black Panther was great. Oh my god, had its own awesome commentary message in it that nobody got. A bunch of white people got butt hurt because they thought it was blaming them. It wasn't? Oh, shit. Even I got lost on that. No. Dude, it... it, it why, why would... Why would they expect T'Challa to feel guilty for what white people did? White pe- what white people did was bad, but what it was pointing out was like T'Challa was African royalty. Who do you think sold those slaves? Who sold those people to the white people to take them over? That was the point. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I remember. The point was, yo, you're you don't have a better moral leg to stand on. And they made it even down to like the way his father abandoned his, 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 his brother. Like the, the message was clear. I mean, yeah, it didn't sugarcoat anything for white people, but I mean, shit, white people own up. (laughs) It's a shitty history because it's history, but Mm -hmm. you know, don't sit there and hide from it, like confront it and be better. True. Well, yes, DC needs to step it up or just kind of get rid of it. But 
it's it's just a shame. Overpricing for bullshit. I uh I mean, I guess the best point I can make is if you want to find a comic streaming service, uh you know, Marvel Unlimited is five dollars cheaper. <laughs> like I didn't know I'd want a comic streaming service until this rug got pulled out from under me and now I now I do, but I, I figure I'll save money. They're trying to sell me on some bullshit community thing. And it's just like, uh, I don't care if two nerds have an argument about, uh, you know, who would win in a fight, Jason Todd or uh, Damien, or not Damien, uh, uh, Dick Grayson. Like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck what your opinion is. I'll have an opinion on that. But, you know, that's just because I read these comics too much. But I don't need to read everyone else's. I got I got other shit to do. I got. I got, um, I'm recording right now. I got to prepare for these. I got, you know, kids and career like shit. I can't, I don't give a shit about your $5, your, your online community. I can find that for free. That is very true. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what you are probably really here to listen to is our, uh, read through, uh, portion of our, of our podcast where we are going to uh, go through the 2004 run uh, or the run that began in 2004 of Cable and Deadpool. And it was kind of a way uh, in the comics to sort of, because Deadpool was getting popular, but you know, it was at a time when they were starting movies up and they wanted to kind of able to be option or to, they wanted to be able to option him to studios because of his popularity. And so they needed to soften his image a little bit because he was one of their, you know, r-rated characters which is kind of why our show is r-rated following his uh example um with cable he had spent the 90s he started out as a grizzled badass soldier of fortune and uh had ended the 90s kind of um really really tied to kid-friendly stuff because he was he was a part of the x-men and so it was a way to sort of uh bring cable back to that pg-13 route that he had and bring deadpool down to a pg-13 level um and it became one of the one of one of my favorite comics uh i i have bought the entire run uh in trade paperback way a long time ago when i when i give you the chance to to read this um you're going to notice that there's some there's some damage because i've read it over and over again it's one of my favorites um and so uh before we start, I should say that with, uh, with, with Verano, what I wound up doing, uh, I listened to a podcast and I'm not going to, uh, it would be free advertisement to, to say which one, but it's a great Dragon Ball Z podcast that has to do with, uh, you know, improv and, and it's, it might be named for Kami and have to do with partying at, at someone's house. Uh, I don't know, but it's a really good podcast and they do something where they, uh, they fucked up and they, they, they watch different versions of the recording. They watch one watches the sub and one watches the dub. And so Verano, I wanted to copy that. Um, but it's a comic. So there wasn't really a sub or a dub to do that with. So instead I figured, you know, what the hell, why don't I read this to Verano before he gets the chance to actually read it and see if he actually thinks it's as good as I do. Um, let's go with it. So that's, so that's <laughs> what we're going with now. And at the end, he's going to tell us what the best visuals were. Um, not because he'd actually fucking know, but he's going to go off of how I describe things. So I hope I do a good job. Uh, here I we go. You're a teacher, ain't you? 
Um, so we start out, we're at, uh, Quan apartments and, uh, someone is watching, Deadpool is watching TV, except for it's clearly not Deadpool. It's Wade. He has, doesn't have his costume on. He's just sitting there, uh, you know, and he's watching over days and days. He's got nothing to do. Uh, and is, or at least it's hours and hours. It might just be one night, but he's bored. And then the phone rings. And uh, he picks it up and someone asks, is this Deadpool? He just walks away. Doesn't, uh, doesn't even respond. The person is confused. They don't know, they don't know what's going on. And, uh, you know, he comes back with his mask on and a silenced gun in his hand. This is Deadpool. The mercenary? Uh, and he, he's... He prefers the term well-compensated establishment provocateur. <laughs> and the person asks him if he's ever heard of the One World Church. And when he says no, they tell him it's in France. And he decides he won't do it. And uh, they tell him that the job pays a good amount. And he goes, you can't pay me enough to go to France while our countries are at war. And the person... To accentuate this, he's shooting his silenced gun into his pillow. Yes. Person reminds him, "We're not at war," and he's surprised and uh, then curious, "How much money?" So he, uh, we, we jump to Orleans Airport in France, and he's coming, and someone is coming off the plane. Uh, they're in disguise, or at least since it's you know it's still Wade, because the first uh, thing we see is two monks uh, that clearly don't look like anyone else, and they're holding a sign that says Mister Deadpool. And uh, Wade comes up, and he's clearly trying to hide that he's Deadpool, and uh, he looks really good. He doesn't have a, a blemish or anything, which you know is his is his calling card because of his cancer uh, and his healing factor. And so he gets into the car with these with these monks. And he asks them if they if they mind if he takes off his face, and uh, they say no, not at all. And they start to try to sell them on their whole church thing. One of them says, "You must be yourself before you can be one." <laughs> <laughs> and he tells them, uh, "Don't preach, or I'll gouge, gouge their eyes out." And he take while he's saying that he's taking off this mask. It's kind of it looks like uh, those you know really realistic masks from like uh, Mission Impossible. Uh, okay. Yeah, and he says uh, he asked the people because they're not re reacting; they're reacting out there, and their faces are clear. Their faces are in shadow; you can't see them that well. And he goes, "So you guys aren't freaked out by this?" And they say, "You have taken the first step toward losing your mask for the greater one, as have we." And they take off their hoods, and they both have blue skin. Oh, so. Uh, you know, they, they, they start talking about how they've been cleansed of identity. They've been purified of self. You're getting to see that they're very, very much a cult. And, uh, you know, they uh, they get to the, the compound and it looks, it's a big church looking compound. And uh, Deadpool's kind of, you know, not sure about these people. He tells the driver to keep the motor running. And then uh, <laughs> someone from behind him goes, I certainly hope that will not be the case. And this person is just like those other blue people, but his robes are, are and his robes are just as ornate. Um, but this guy 
has markings on his head. So you know he's something different because he's got markings on his head. And he's the uh, his name is Anton Crutch. He's the prime minister of the One World Church. And uh, this is a less than subtle commentary on the establishment of religion because his name is Crutch. And he is the, like basically the pope of his own cult. <laughs> That's pretty much what this part is. Um, so he he's he says he hasn't taken he isn't sure about the place and the guy starts to give him his uh his best um selling points and as they're walking around the grounds you see a lot of people who are doing a lot of busy work for the church they're cleaning up the grounds and 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 you know planting and farming and stuff and just doing a lot of work for uh for this for this guy and they're have and he and Deadpool are having a talk about uh why why he's doing this thing and uh he says to deadpool i five years ago i was awash in my sense of self hoarding monetary wealth material goods and the pleasures of the flesh i was empty inside as are so many of us as are you and the thing that they do with the with the visuals in this comic is um like when they're when they're talking when the church people are talking in a way that is like they're selling points for their church, they get this flowery script. And so he's, his, his stuff changes from just him talking about himself to his church. He goes, we are a divided species. We allow ourselves to be segregated by anything and everything from the color of our skin to differences in language, from the self-imposed boundaries of our nations to the dogma of our spiritual beliefs, cultural, culinary, clothing, anything and everything and deadpool responds so you think purified of self what make everyone look the same think the same and uh crutch goes madness or genius and deadpool replies never could tell the difference and so deadpool <laughs> is falling for this shit he he is interested in what this guy has to say um you know and uh they he said he finally asked exactly what is this job and crutch says follow me and they walk through a door and inside the church the church looks like a church on the outside inside it's a fucking bond a villain layer um and so what the job is is um you know basically the uh they go into the they go into this place and and crutch says uh, this is the ministry of information <laughs> And uh, then he starts describing this pharmaceutical company. He goes, Sunic is a worldwide pharmaceutical giant. Members of my ministry of insinuation. And uh, Deadpool goes, they suggest nasty things about people. <laughs> and uh, basically, it's not that. They're, they're, they're the spies of, uh, of, for this church. So it's like... Um, if anything, for the way they're showing this church and the way they're describing it, I think like the way people describe Scientology, like is how. I... Um, and uh, but what they're what they're talking about, they, 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 he says, soon they found out that Sunik has invented uh, a synthetic virus, and they um, they believe that they can use this virus to be something beneficial for the world in their own dogma, and so they want. Uh, they want Deadpool to steal it for them. And uh, he hands Deadpool a briefcase full of money and 
Deadpool's in doesn't give it <laughs> any morals he had about it, any com- any problems he had with it. He doesn't give a shit anymore. He saw that briefcase full of money and he goes, Sunik, you said? <laughs> um, and uh, the guy remind the guy says to him, "Oh, Germany is also not a country is also a country you are not at war with." By the way, and Deadpool responds, "We probably will be by the time I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> so um, it jump it, it jumps to Sunik, and and there's this guy, uh, Mister Beamer, who's driving in, and he's a he's an asshole. Uh, and the reason we know he's an asshole is because uh, someone is listening in on everything he's doing. So he's parking his car, calls the guy who said something nice to him, jerk. He uh, passes another person who says good morning to him, and he just goes, jerk. I think actually it's everyone else saying jerk about Mr. Beamer. Like every t- they, they say to his face, good morning, Mr. Beamer, except for they're saying it in German. So it's guten tag, Herr, Herr Beamer. I don't speak German, so don't expect me to pronounce it well. Um, and so every time he passes by, they call him a jerk. And uh, then he gets into the lab, and the person says, the facade is ready, Mr. Beamer. And uh, Beamer replies, and then it just jumps out of that to the person who's actually listening in, which is Cable. But it's an amazing, <laughs> it's this amazing splash page where Cable is... Uh, telepathically holding himself upside down and looks like he's meditating, but he's listening to this guy uh, speak. He's also in just a pair of workout shorts and uh, uh, um, like it's basically, they spend a lot of time in the early parts of these comics emphasizing the fact that recently in continuity cable had um, first seemingly cured himself of the techno organic virus that had always limited him. Mm -hmm. And then when it did come back, like keeping it at bay was an afterthought and he had access to like unprecedented amounts of telepathy and telekinesis. And we're going to see a lot uh, in the coming issues. um, A lot of these amazing uh, graphics where like uh, cable does something with the telepathy, with the uh, not with the telekinesis while he's having a conversation or while he's doing other things, just because, he's so powerful. He doesn't even know what to do with it. It it, it basically hammers the point home that he's almost a Marvel equivalent to Superman. Um, Kind of because this, this comic makes a lot of uh, unveiled commentaries, like naming crutch uh, as the leader of a church after something that props someone up. Um, It's the same with cable where they're going to make a lot of comparisons to Superman and then like use that as a commentary to like basically poke at, the bear of the uh, opposition. Um, but anyway, this, this page is, is uh, really cool looking. Um, and it leads into, I mean, Mr. Beamer wants a, a human subject and uh, he wants it by midnight. Cause he wants to know whether the virus works and cable kind of his eyes open. And uh, that, that one that glows, glows extra bright. And uh, he gets a knock at the door and it's room service. And uh, the person is kind of a little bit, <laughs> a little bit tired of coming to Cable's room, and so you know it's room service again. The hotel thanks you for your patronage again, and uh, Cable's like, I must be hungry. And the guy goes, But you haven't eaten any of the stuff I brought up. And Cable goes, Well, I wanted to get to know you. <laughs> 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 oh man 
if you can imagine the bellhops like uh sir i'm i'm a family man <laughs> and cable i mean you got you got i mean he hasn't put any more clothes on it's basically a dude in, in jogging shorts and pretty short jogging shorts at that uh constantly ordering room service and then going to this guy i just wanted to get to know you <laughs> straight up Deadpool line that's not being pulled by Deadpool yeah exactly Um, but he does kind of push it he goes so am I a very strange family and uh, then he uh, then he says something that speaks to the guy he tells him not to get agitated because he wouldn't like him when he's agitated pulling a pulling a Hulk thing out of there Um, and the guy goes you know and uh he he sort of uh cable convinces the guy basically to get in touch with the x corporation and ask for charles xavier because uh he he you know he wants he says tell him cable sent you watch his upper lip tense up and the guy uh is at first reluctant and he says i don't i don't know my family basically what the guy can do um when he when he um when he is emotional it can result in, he says, fissionable discharges of exhaled carbon dioxide. In other words, when he gets upset, he can breathe explosions, I think is what they're saying. And uh, so, you know, he, uh, the guy starts to be like, I don't know my family and Cable convinces him saying, that's why you have to do it. You have to do it for the protection of your family. And, uh, you know, the guy's very thankful and, and then Cable calls, uh, you know, the other part of why we make this a, uh, a comparison to Superman, um, his reporter friend, Irene Merriweather, who clearly has a crush on him because in the comic, uh, she winds up drawing, uh, she likes to doodle on her pad. And a lot of times what she doodles are like little lovey pictures of Cable and stuff like that. So she's definitely got a crush. She's definitely Cable's Lois Lane. Yeah. <laughs> but she's surprised when she picks up the phone. She goes, you're using a phone? And he says, I have a headache. What can you tell me about Sunik? <laughs> uh, she says, she asks him if he can telepathically uh, scan the employees. And he goes, I already did. Why, they, why do you think I have a headache? Um, so uh, she goes to look it up. And he wants to know if there's a story. Or he wants to know if... Uh, there's a problem with them. He wants information about them. And she asks if she gets the story and he says, if there's one to be had and she starts to look it up and she says, she'll call him back. So we go to Sunik back uh, again and there's an explosion and Deadpool in an amazing fight that I cannot tell who's shooting what gun where uh, I know Deadpool is kicking. He's got one guy. He's got his, arm wrapped around one guy's neck his sword is out i don't know if he's cutting anybody because it's just a cluster fuck of people fighting um (laughs) deadpool is winning he's kicked one guy he's kicked his tooth out um you know literally on the page all this and he's and he's saying what everything is for you know one is for normandy and then one is for bridget brigitte nielsen and she's not even german one of the guys tries to point it out and cable's cutting his ass up or sorry, Deadpool's cutting his ass up, and then Deadpool, uh, you know, is throwing grenades and just fucking destroying everything, and then running through and and trying to find 
whatever uh, he can is what the, the virus that he's supposed to steal. And uh, it goes to the security room and they're going, we can't stop him. What does he want? Sir, I'm getting reports of another security breach on the Western side. And that security breach, amazing. Everybody has fucking rifles and, and um, like the, the, this, this pharmaceutical lab was fucking stacked with, um, with armory. Um, you know, it, 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 shotguns and rifles and, but they're shooting them at cable and, and, Cable just throws up a telepathic or a telekinetic shield and nothing's getting past. He's just walking through, like they keep shooting at him. He just walks by um, <laughs> through the crowd. But then three people get Cable's notice. So you kind of know from comic book uh, foreshadowing that these people will come up in the next issue because we're at the end. Um, and they're saying, there's another one he doesn't know. Please don't know. And cable cable decides to let them go. Uh, there's two there's two guys and a girl, and uh, he walks through the the heavy doors, basically telepathically rips them open. And Deadpool's there <laughs> with a sword to a guy uh, that is. It looks like he's alive, but he's screaming, and his head is flopped back like he's dead. Oh so <laughs> Uh, but it's a big picture, and and Deadpool looks up, and it's Cable, and he and he knows everything. Blow my mind if it isn't Nathan Dayspring, Ascaniason, Summers, Cable, Soldier X. All right, you're just calling yourself Priscilla now. <laughs> and uh, he goes, so is this going to be like a testosterone thing? And Cable goes, probably. Yes, it is. And that is the end of the opening issue of Cable and Deadpool. Uh, it's like I said, it's one of my favorites. It, uh, it gets ridiculous. It gets stupid. Um, eventually like they literally ended the, ended the run by having cable just fucking up and leave. And then it came out with some of the, like the, basically the Deadpool comics that were kind of the precursor, I think to, uh, Daniel Way's run that was really good. Um, these were like right before that. So, uh, you know, it kind of leads into, uh, uh, I think secret invasion. So, um, I guess the first thing I'll ask you: What, what do you want to do first? Do you want to do uh, the best visual element, what I described the best, or do you want to do uh, your favorite part of the issue? Um, I was about to say the description you had early on. Oh my god, you actually went through the whole thing pretty good. Uh, <laughs> no, I. I'll say you just the the right now the one I can remember is how you described that there was the one blue guy who's a leader, <laughs> the leader because he's the one that actually has more symbols on him while the everyone looks the same. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, that would normally make anybody the leader, and I'm like thinking, yeah, I watched enough Star Trek. <laughs> that, that happens, like yeah, there's specific leader where it's like, ooh. Uh, <laughs> So that, that had me going. And um, what was your other question real quick? Oh, your, what was your favorite part of the issue? I just... Just Deadpool kind of going with it and getting enthralled as he's talking with these guys. He's like, oh, oh, all right. Like, oh, I see what's going on. He just really doesn't know. He's just in his own mind, just kind of going on about it. He's just a go with the flow kind of guy, so I'm like, oh my god, that makes it too funny. 
Yeah, he, he he gets he gets really interesting over the next few issues. He makes a few good points, and there's one part where he says something that was pretty much the reason why I always thought Ryan Reynolds uh, was supposed to play him. But I'm not going to ruin the line for you yet because I think it comes up. I think we'll be talking about it in the next show. So uh, okay, um, it, it's a it's a great line. It's actually how I learned the meaning of the word Ajita. <laughs> yeah. I'll let I'll, I'll save that for when we we actually go over it. Um, when it comes to the visual element, you were close, but actually the best visual element of this issue uh, or, or visual part of this issue is the cable thirst trap uh, picture. Oh, my God. They went out of their way to, to really uh, make cable into this. <laughs> like he has more abs than are humanly possible. And he's upside down in just shorts. <laughs> It's ridiculous. That's uh, funny. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, you know, we also one thing we wanted to do because we uh, we here at Deadpool it yourself are uh, are very very much all about uh, doing things on our own. You know, we 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 we're busy and sometimes you don't have time to just stop and 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 pay for someone to do something because you don't have the money. So we have to fix it ourselves. Um, so we wanted to have a, a DIY section for you, a part where we helped you, where we helped you learn something new about how to do something. And we figured we'd do something easy this week to get us started. Um, so we're going to talk about changing your own oil. Now, the first thing you're going to do is grab your socket wrench and your vehicle jack, and you're going to jack the fuck up out of that vehicle. Uh, there's a, bolt at the bottom of the oil pan you're going to use the wrench to take it out now don't ask me which size because i never know uh i just basically trial and error until i find the one that fits numb nuts uh as the as you do that you know when you pull it out as the oil pours out onto the concrete or the driveway realize that because we didn't say anything about this you forgot to bring bring a waste oil drain pan and feel like an idiot um, if you're following the steps that I've been giving to the letter, then maybe you should have also bought some replacement oil and an oil filter before starting, because that was a pretty dipshit move. Um, so, you know, next time, I think the real thing that we got to go with is, you know, get your DIY advice from a better source than a comedy podcast. Uh, you know, don't be a dumbass. This is a, this is a podcast and really the focus is the other part. This is just a, you know, apart from me to be mildly insulting to everyone who's listening because it amuses me. You know, I'm not talking to Verano. I know he knows how to change his own oil. He doesn't need my fucking advice. Um, you know, so this is a, this is for the, the benefit of all of you. But, you know, it, it doesn't help you at all. Because if you didn't know how to change your oil before, you sure as shit still don't know how to do it now. Um, now next week, we're going to go over how to fix a hole in drywall. Uh, or it might be how to make a hole in drywall. Or, uh, you know, neither of those things. Maybe one of you will suggest something if we actually have listeners by then. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, next week we're going to have a double issue because two and three are not split up in the trade paperbacks. So I actually don't know where they, where they, one ends and the other one begins. Mm. Um, so, you know, we're just going to do both of them instead. Do you, is that all right with you, uh, Verano? Sounds good to me. All right. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go over issue two and three and, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to talk about the amazing, uh, alternate covers the 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 comics themselves are not drawn by layfeld 
but these covers definitely are. Um, and they're, they're, they're clearly just, you know, very gratuitous uh, in Layfeld style. So we'll talk about them as well. Um, but, you know, until next time, uh, I guess all we have left to say is uh, fuck off, y'all. I'm going to go and uh, fix up my shrine to be Arthur. See you later.